Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. happened but we're here god only knows i have will hasty by my side right now <sighs> hey guys we we have some things to talk about I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to to repeat the jimmy voice because i feel like if he was here right now he would he would want me to do his voice sounds like jimmy just got up yeah <laughs> this is lost and rewound radio free brooklyn every thursday from 3 to 4 p.m the talk show where we really don't know what direction what kind of energy, what kind of uh, magic from the hat of despair we'll pull from. Magic from the universe to mix together into great historical listening pieces of personal life stories that we bring to you. <laughs> so, we we have uh, some production notes to, uh, to note on. First of all, uh, if you haven't been listening to Radio Free Brooklyn on your mobile device, please do that. It's really the easiest way to listen to our show. We are on Android and iPhone, so if you go to either RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash iPhone or slash Android, we can be uh, downloaded. That's right. It's the Radio Free we Brooklyn app for Android an app. iPhone. Listen and, on the go or at home. And it truly is an app that uh, is quite effective, I have to say. Personally, I didn't believe in it at first, but my God, once I started using it. All the Radio Free Brooklyn shows just at your fingertips. My God, I love it. Listen to us on the go. There you go. Look at that. You have such a, a, a glowing testimonial. Oh, yeah. And if you are interested in signing up for the Radio Free Brooklyn newsletter, you can do so. It's called Radio Free Brooklyn. Link is Radio. R-E-A-D. Yeah, read that book. That's what I'm saying. R-E-A-D-I-O. Uh, but go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter to sign up for that. And I promise that... It will only come to your inbox once a month because we at RFB are committed to a spam-free world. And what else? Um, oh, well, I guess the big elephant in the room is, is that we've been off for a few weeks um, mm. due to some technical errors that uh, I do very much uh, wish was not the reason why. But it is what exploded. It is. Superheroes arcs were begun. Supervillains arcs were created. Hey, if it's going to be one month where a podcast goes off the rails, a broadcast to podcast, mind you, off the rails. Ha. Mm. Uh, why, not, why not? It'd be August, right? But we're coming back. <laughs> We're coming in strong. We got a really good episode for you this week, and Will is going to sit in along with uh, our guest, who will be coming in very shortly. It's a special guest. Very special guest. Yeah. <laughs> 
So our guest for today is a creative collaborator uh, friend of mine. He's on two of my comedy teams, and he's quite a mensch, as they say. Uh, I did not realize, after all our time working together, that he is, in fact, quite a talented musician. And, buddy, that's blowing my fucking mind. Holy shit. Let me introduce the wonderful, the brilliant Frank Zemmel. Hey, thanks, Will. Thanks for the kind words, man. It's nice. awesome to be on. Nice to have you back on, Frank. Uh, you're very patient. Uh, uh, what a, uh, In a Redux episode? I, I, I'm thinking that it's only happened maybe twice before, but every single time that it's happened has been for some different reason. So thank you for being here. Uh, you've clearly, oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah. I mean, the interest enough in, uh, in putting yourself out there, the fact that uh, you are an improviser, so no matter what, where else are you going to go other than just like the career of an improviser starts high and you have big dreams of making something and really affecting the world then you realize it's all a lie and you're just a useless child who walked away from your parents responsibilities wow we act you guys actually uh both perform I, although i don't think i had met you will but uh frank i definitely remember performing in a show with you it wasn't boots and cats but it was paul murdoch one of my teammates and i and maybe a few others and we did the uh, triple crowd show uh that oh, was yeah. a, a triple yeah. crowd show because there are like a bajillion of i them. mean triple crown Steve at this point Lynn, is legendary within the underground frank, realm uh yeah well it's of like a very tiny tiny space it's true that is only conducive to very awkward uh, improv shows, <laughs> as well as as well as Michael Bird. sauna-like heat levels that uh, that also make the performers look amazing on that stage. Just gotta say, yep. I've never sweated through so many shirts in one place. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is that so? Yeah. Are you uh, like an over sweater? I I am an over sweater. You're I, not I, not not uh, overhead sweater. No 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 no. I I most most of my sweat <laughs> just rolls off my forehead, so I just shake it off. No. Literally, no, dude. Seriously, I have so so I, uh, so I am a little bit heavier than I think I should be, and my doctor has oh. told me no, no. My doctor has told me that because of my um, athlete past, he that I have a very efficient cooling. He may have just been trying to make me feel better, but he said because of the training you did from twelve to eighteen, you have an insanely efficient cooling system. But dude, you're carrying around like thirty five extra fucking pounds. Of course, that's going to be harder to pull. And so, um, basically, his you know that was his loving way of saying lose weight, asshole. <laughs> Frank, were you athletic at all in high school? Was I athletic? Uh, I played on the football team. What? How do I not know any of this? Hold on. I played on the football team for about uh, two weeks. Really? Two weeks. Okay, that makes more sense. And then I I quit. I said, fuck this school spirit shit. I'm too cool for school. Bullshit, Frank. Bullshit. Something had to have happened. No, nothing happened. Okay, okay. so football for two weeks. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, I was a masochist back then because being a metalhead. And uh, I tried being a running back. And I thought I was actually really quick because it was before I started smoking cigarettes. I remember one time specifically, they gave me the ball. I was running. This guy basically knocked my fucking block off like he caught me right in the stomach and we Ugh. both went down at the same time it was very movie like it was just like did you just boom. hinge did you just hinge like a like a folding chair uh he basically speared me like he was goldberg and i was like a job <laughs> <laughs> so so everybody saw that it took like a collective gasp because they thought i was dead uh, but I got up and I was like, I'm fine. Put me in the next plane. The coach was like, nah, nah, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, no, you're dead. No. <laughs> Man, that, that sounds so brave of you. I, I was only on the basketball team for a few years. Um, 
during junior year and senior year. And once uh, unceremoniously during middle school, for the most part, junior year and senior year was me just on the bench. But I got to be on a championship winning team. So right. I was you were on a championship bench. Yes, I was oh. on a championship. Bench. Congratulations. You won. It's meaningless, but you won. <laughs> it, it, it felt kind of like that. Was it because like- we didn't go on to another uh, game after that. Oh, okay. Boy, but because it was the end of the season or just because there was not like you didn't make it any farther? It I sounds think, like there just wasn't any more of the season. I think we just weren't eligible to play just because we had won a division. We couldn't play the... Gotcha. Like, anyway. I couldn't even make the basketball team. I couldn't make a layup to save my life. But I'll tell you what I was good at. Stealing the ball because yeah. nobody <laughs> could get to lowest the ground Frank, if I could. Frank, you and I are little people. And <laughs> I will say that uh, there was another person on the basketball team who was about your height as well and was very, very efficient. As he was very good at the steals. Yeah, ex- yeah, I, yeah. I, I was not. I, I have to say. Very I'm, awkward with my feet. I'm jealous of both of you guys because my hand-to-eye coordination is what you would say shitty <laughs> so in, how are your motor skills uh quite good but uh but but hand to eye not so great so, so yeah, sports wasn't so much it seems uh your thing frank but then uh you were involved in uh i mean being involved in improvising uh, were you involved in theater a lot when you were younger uh Ooh. was yes uh i was the first thing I'd ever really gotten into that I'd say was pretty theatrical. My parents used to go to this place called Godfather's Pizza over on Route 1 in Edison, New Jersey, where there is now an Outback Steakhouse. But at mm-hmm. the time, there was a Godfather's Pizza. And they used to do karaoke, right? So my folks awesome. went there for the pizza that was really fucking good that they don't even make anymore. What made the pizza so good? Uh, the cheese. Lots of cheese. Like an unholy amount of cheese, or it was some sort of special cheese. The cheese would drip off. The the, the, the cheese would drip off, and it was kind of like Pizza Hut pizza, but like real pizza instead of like fake. If that makes any That's sense, That's a total contradiction. Yeah, what? What? Well, wait, wasn't Pizza Hut supposed to be sort of like a chain Chicago style? Wait, I thought yeah. I thought Pizza Hut was supposed to be. Well, okay, I was just going to say something that made no Am sense. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, I thought I thought it was because I only started doing Pizza Hut when they when they started doing like quote unquote Brooklyn style. Never buy the Pizza Hut Brooklyn style pizza. But I thought I didn't know it would. I guess it would make sense because all their pizzas really are more deep dish it was style, like aren't pizzeria they? Pizzeria Uno yeah. and Pizza Hut. Kind and pizza of. Hut yeah. Were they all started in Chicago? I thought Pizza Hut was like an East Coast thing. Man, I don't know. Yum Brands is uh, <laughs> for all I know. Pizza Hut. I, I haven't been to one in like. Six years. Okay. Six years? No, since I was six years old. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I'm distracted by. Frank, what uh, the fuck this is growing out of your neck? I have. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, forgive me. Is, I'm really distracted by this growth. So, meet my twin sister. Growth. This is this is Catherine. <laughs> it's a it's a kind of a big thing to be popping out, much less to. They yeah. really have eyes and a face it's, and a mouth. It, just, it just pops out all the time. Uh, look, 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 I'm just going to say Lost and Rewound. Uh, as I was saying, things are very unpredictable here. We do, do a show about audio archiving, you know, and what we did when we were younger. But, like, never before when doing the show does something just, like, crazy happen. Like, looks a growth gooey. fucking growing out of the guest's neck. Looks gooey. Looks gooey. Is it? Yep. Yep. That's uh, gooey. Uh, oh. Ew. Catherine Dunn has arrived into the studio by way of being a growth on. Yeah, I am literally pustule. popping out of a pustule. I am I the man this. with two heads. Frank is like three foot seven. How the fuck did you even fit in there? All right. I, I, now that <laughs> everybody's flexible. here, first of all, I'm glad that we were chatting about just how unathletic we were. But more <laughs> importantly, you were talking about before that happened about karaoke. 
Yes. Which is very important because mm. Catherine and I have a karaoke connection. When, how old were you when you sang karaoke for the first time? And could you please say what song it was? Okay. Remember. Yes, I do. So I was six years old mm-hmm. and they had brought me to do it for the first time because I really didn't have any experience doing it. So I was kind of shy. And I... <laughs> <laughs> you read That's my, my mind. That's exactly it. No, uh, <laughs> no I, the first time I ever did karaoke, like I kind of wanted to do like a kick-ass song, but they didn't let me do something that I kind of wanted to do. What you want to do? Yeah. What the police? Fuck the police. I think if I had my choice, I probably would have done Paradise by the Dashboard Lights back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't let me do that till later. Wait a minute. Wow. I, wait, what, is so that they, can, what, is, what is that song? Did somebody hum the tune or something? Are you kidding me? I swear to God. Which part? Which part do you want me to hum? I honestly do but not know that song. Let me sleep on it. Baby, baby, let me sleep on it. Oh, my God. I do fucking know All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I spoke. Jesus. Anyway. Anyway. So we're not going there. Not on my show. Not on this show. And now we'll do anything. If you want to go Jim Steinman, we can do that. But not today. Not today. Uh, but no, not no. today. No, I, I, they had me do Old McDonald. Okay. What? With, with weak sauce, but yeah. okay. seriously, which is like the wackest karaoke song you could do, probably. You were six years old. I mean, you were very ambitious at your age. Why, how? How did you even know about Meatloaf when you were six? Because of my folks. Yeah, they exactly. Used to to it's it, not yeah. like you what had a kind of, proper upbringing. Yeah, what kind of music were they listening to? They were listening to just a lot of the classic rock. <laughs> you know, that's a great question. So, okay. <laughs> so my parents do have sort of like, I'd say, a, not the weirdest taste in music for being like, you know, my folks. Okay, so uh, this is my father. <laughs> I've got a mohawk and I drive a Sebring. <laughs> and I came out in 2005. <laughs> I've been married and divorced twice. And I'm just looking for Mr. Wright. Mr. Wright? Mr. Wright. Who's your father? He came out in 2005. Oh, he attention. came out in 2005. Oh, I was I was like, what, are you talking about the car? And this is, <laughs> and this is Frank's mother. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Frank's mother. I do the nails. fact that she sounds like H- Javi Feierstein was not in any way. It was totally unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> I did not turn him gay. No, not turn. It's just like you were living in Torch Song. Now that we get into the Zemmel family politics, let's okay. continue with the radio. So, uh, the radio hi. is on. In the I'm radio, sister. The radio is on in the car. There's a song that they're, they're singing along to at the same time. <laughs> okay. Wait, so your mom and dad are singing, Will You Love Me Forever? Oh, my God. Sleep God. On it. oh my God. Will, you Will You Love Me Forever? Will You Sleep On It? And your dad's going, you know, honey, I don't really love you. <laughs> I won't do that. But I won't do that. <laughs> See, this, is, this was a typical car ride for me when I was sick. <laughs> this, this is not, not exaggerated. It's stuck in his ground. <laughs> my, my mental ground. No, and physical. Oh. He was going to be seven foot tall. <laughs> So, okay, so I'll explain uh, my folks' musical taste. This will be pretty uh, entertaining. So, my uncle. <laughs> my uncle? Uh, my, my porno uncle. Yeah. Who, who owned the porno shop, uncle. His favorite of all time is Dolly Parton. 
boobs. He's taking us to yes for the boobs. Best little whorehouse in Texas. That movie was disappointing. But the show. I've been watching this for 45 <laughs> minutes. Dolly still hasn't pulled her fucking boobs out. Sorry, you were saying. Exactly. The sex for money. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so my the worst whorehouse. So my uncle was in the like country and stuff. My father loves Barbara Streisand. Okay, he knows clue. every single Streisand song like ever. That's amazing. Now that was even before That's he came out awesome, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's never gotten to see her live because her tickets are like a thousand dollars. So he still has never seen her technically. Uh, my mother, uh, she, I want this to happen. She you loved. Gotta film she raised me on the me. monkeys and the Beatles. Okay. I actually have met two of the uh, two of the monkey members when I was real young. Davey? The hat guy. I did meet Davy. Oh, no shit. I have a picture with Davy when, from when I was like two years old. Amazing. Yeah. What? And then I met him when I was like thirteen again. And my mom brings me up to him and he's like, "You met him when he was two. Do you remember him?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, lady. Yeah, let's take this picture." <laughs> <laughs> yes, that toddler totally <laughs> reminds me of this full grown person. <laughs> no, I remember said, the toddler with a beard smoking a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> oh said, my god. No, the mom walks up and goes, hey, here's my son. He's 13 now. Oh, lady, I don't remember him, but I definitely remember you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, my, how you've grown. Oh, he's Aww, good. Oh, good. That's he, put, he took us, he swung, and he hit it. Yeah, he hit it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good guess. That's a good guess. Oh, you're uh, good. So uh, I also <laughs> got to meet monkey. Peter Tork. Uh, he did like a vintage vinyl signing <laughs> where he played guitar, did some folk music back in like 96. One of the earliest things that she used to do with me. So there was the song Cuddly Toy by the Monkees. Uh, and she would have. Did somebody have that for me? I'm kidding. 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 I was totally kidding. La 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 la. And I would stop in place like I just did. Freeze, frozen. That's awesome. And I would do it every time. She had me do it all. You had you had a little dance routine to a song when you were very young. Yeah, my little boy. Can anybody here remember when they had a when they were younger? Yeah, California raisins. California raisins was yours. Oh man, you're bringing it back. That is. Every time I look at every now and again uh, certain politicians on Was- in Washington, yeah. I just think they just look like California raisins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally, I got, I had Henry those Waxman. tapes. Dad had those tapes. I mean, Henry Waxman, I'm thinking of Dick Army. Like, like look back, like back to the Bush era of Dick Army, and he was, oh God, anyway, doesn't matter. But point is, the only reason I even knew who the California raisins were was because my dad had has like thousands and thousands of old VHSs. So I thought they were really cool. And when I got to, you know, young ages, like five or six, I suddenly realized, oh, my God, these haven't been around for a long time. And also, nobody gives a shit. Exactly. (laughs) What about you, Catherine? Uh, Something by Demi Lovato. Really? What? (laughs) What? What? Well, you see, she's 21. So, so you that's were born, wait, No, you, you know what? I, 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 you're ago? absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, in the future, this will be true, and I'm, I'm thinking of the archives. Uh, <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it was a weird vintage track. It was uh, like a prayer. Uh, okay. Like a prayer. Yeah. Nice. Actually, I had a few. I had a lot. You like, teased your hair up, too, to like, make you feel like to you were authentic. in the 80s. Ooh, comb yeah. boobs. Comb <laughs> boobs. Yes. Nice. Yeah. You made a, bit, a little video on your phone or something. Of course. Yeah, cool. yeah. It was a uh, like a razor. Did the, the, palm <laughs> pilot? Did the price pose and everything? Of course, of course. <laughs> it was a razor. <laughs> On this razor palm pilot, I will make my first ever video. I would do whole routines 
all throughout my like I did all the songs. I won't list them because it'll be like weird. Like, why was she so stuck in the past? But go on, Frank. No, of course, Frank. Um, your your involvement with uh, music was not even just so much on uh, appreciating it, but uh, when when did you start playing it? Okay, so I'd say I a skin flute in the womb because my folks used to own a video store. I gotten a hold of Dr. Demento tapes and Weird Al, Ooh, the Weird Al documentary. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I used to play like a lot of Nintendo and watch like every move, every horror movie I could get my hands Wait, on. Wait, can then. you specify what version of Nintendo? Like original Nintendo oh, or like N64? Oh, okay, just so, called it Nintendo. It's obviously the original. So I used to. Be, I, I had no experience with the original so Nintendo. So if you walked into my folks' Neither video store, you would walk past one like cutout cardboard of whatever movie was popular at the time and walk back and there were two lanes. And in the middle of both lanes was me on a giant, uh, like drawer, like on a giant cabinet, playing Nintendo with the wire coming all the way across. <laughs> oh my what god! A horror movie. And, oh and my the, god! And the TV was on another cabinet. Oh and my like, god! Whenever I wanted, you're elevated. Elevated. Oh the god. ground is lava. Yeah. And, and back then, I must have been like two feet tall. So you're so. like a human cat. Yeah, a human cat. <laughs> so like. Every, every so like t- a foot ago. Now, keep in mind, these old Nintendo <laughs> games are known for being hard as fuck. You usually die on the first level half the time. I'm so I'm not cabinet boy. <laughs> so I would, be, I would be the kid that would put on the game, tell my dad, like, hey, put this on. Put on, like, fucking Legend of Zelda. I get killed in two seconds, and then I'd ask the customer, be like, hey, can you switch out this game for me? And, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, and they'd be like, okay, little kid with a wire stretched across the whole fucking the store. Wire? Sure. The, yeah, the, the wire. Yeah. You're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so one, one, kid, one of my friend's older brother who would go on to be in a band with me knew me first as the kid playing the video games at the store before he would meet me. Oh, did it stand out? Oh, did wow. everybody notice? Well, I also used to recommend, <laughs> I also used to tell them what movies to rent. So you're like the Cheshire Cat. Yeah. Oh my god, Hello. no. No, you actually are. That's really cool. Movie? Yeah, you're, you're, you're the opinion giving, like, essentially you're the life of the store. You're the person that, like, gives it some color. Yeah, my, gra- oh, my gra- the whole family's got color. Like, who's the Mad Hatter? Which one's what? I want to know who the... <laughs> Who's the caterpillar? Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. True, but like, when did music come into this? Because I started getting into musical parodies, uh, getting in the Weird Al through Dr. Demento. Uh, me and I believe you might know him. Uh, you're familiar with North Coast, right? I am indeed. I uh, took hip hop improv with Doug Wittick and Rachel Rosenthal, aka Ray Rowe, and I Ray performed Rowe. with North Coast uh, just this past uh, weekend. Oh, yeah. How'd it go? Went great. Awesome. Really, really great. North Coast is great. They're, they're like one of my favorite groups. Boris from North Coast, me and him went to middle school together. We went to Woodrow oh, Wilson. Yep. Okay. Walter Madison. We were big Simpsons nerds. Simpsons has always been one of my biggest influences. Oh, yeah. And yeah. with the video store access, I'm sure you had a plethora of access. Wait, that. did they have Simpsons box sets? Like, like VHS no, box sets? No, they, did, they didn't. They you had it yourself. What they had, they had like four tapes. With that were like compilation tapes, but they didn't have seasons back yeah, then. Yeah, they but, didn't, right? But you were able to memorize a lot of Simpsons episodes yeah, exactly, simply just yeah. from whatever you could uh, accrue. So we That's used right. to compete with each other over who knew the most Simpsons trivia. Okay. And like who could quote scenes the longest. But then we started doing song parodies and like original uh, comedy songs. And like he would tell me, he would like get real critical on me and be like, Frank, uh, your Miller Lite parody, uh, what was it called? Um, no, it was called Miller Lite, a thriller. I parodied Thriller. Miller! 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 I'm talking Miller Lite. 
he didn't like it. He was like, yeah. no, this, this, this sucks. This so is bad. So you saw one of your family members drinking a Miller Lite, and you were like, I'm inspired. No, and literally, that family member went, don't bring attention to my drinking, asshole. <laughs> the only person that drinks anything in my family is my dad drinks, you know, he drinks his little uh, wine coolers every now and then, <laughs> maybe once a month. Uh, but my uncle, if he did drink beer, my poor uncle, he drank those tiny beers. What? What, yeah. what are tiny beers? You know, I've never beers, seen a tiny beer. The beers that are only like this big. I've never seen that. Well, no, they make them in real. for like liquor stores and you make it like a little Bailey's or a little Kahlua or but something. But not a beer. No, not liquor. No, but, but I'm like, saying they're yeah. the same size. Yeah, probably. same size. Yeah. yeah. No. They, I, no, they, they make them for uh, hotels. How the they fuck totally is he getting do. hotel? I, I've oh. seen, I've seen like, I've seen like I mass think, crates uh, of like those half cans. I just, yeah. but I've only seen that at Costco ever, right? and I, and I saw that fairly recently. I didn't know that that was like a no. Nope. Like yeah, I don't really see the point of making these tiny little beer samplers. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like a shot take? of beer. Yeah, what are you right. going to chase it with? My, <laughs> my guess is he's spending a lot of time at hotels. <laughs> <laughs> I found this guy in the parking lot <laughs> Sorry. if anybody was spending a lot of time in hotels it would be my uncle uh i wrote a parody of gangster's paradise like a year before weird al released his and i did it on a karaoke right on. i did it on a karaoke machine so kind of my musical backgrounds always link back to the karaoke in some way i got in trouble when i was in school for writing a parody of mine a parody of green day's hitching a ride called screwing the bride oh dear and it had... <laughs> Wait, how old were you when you wrote this? 11. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. What happened was my grandfather passed away, and we moved from oh, North sorry. Edison to South Edison, and I made some new friends, and I was still writing the parodies. One parody that I wrote when I was early to give you a little taste of like what I used to do back then. Hmm. Uh, so I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Don't tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Don't tell me what you want, what I really, really want. I want to, I want to, I want to, I really, 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 really want to chop off his dick. If you want to be Lorena, you got to cut off his dick. <laughs> that that continue, <laughs> or is it just end there? Cover like a... up the evidence, throw it in the forest. So how did this song like make you Raina. feel? Those happened so far apart from each other. Why were you still talking about that? <laughs> Wait, what? Like by the time that came out, why were you? Still writing about that guy that lost his dick. Because music is sporadic mental development, Wait Catherine. Second, that's why. You're saying that Bobbit happened a while before I wrote oh, yeah. that? Well, what year did Bobbit happen? 92? Okay, it did. so it I did wrote, happen like 92. In 92. So I wrote, I wrote it in like 95, yeah. Wait. I know every famous case of a man losing his penis. <laughs> but Spice Girls didn't come out until that time period. So at least like 90. I, wait, I thought they were like even earlier than that. 95. I, like, I remember I, that video being popular in 96. So having all this pop music around you to uh, riff off uh, clearly meant that you were pulling from a lot of different genres. Well, I liked writing a, a, a lot about movie stuff. I used to do like these James Bond parodies, too, that I eventually scrapped because I didn't think that they were funny enough, but they were like very premisey based. The Green Bay parody, it wasn't based on any real truth of mine. Hitchin' a Ride was so popular at the time. I basically decided to write a song about a woman getting left at the altar for a guy who like turned gay on her oh yeah that came not, out of nowhere yeah not about i was gonna i was gonna jokingly all. make that the song but <laughs> oh my god this is taking on so much because we've talked about this before but this is taking on so much more context so this, so much? This, <laughs> uh, oh, sorry 
I guess the groom won't be there at the altar. She told me his name was Walter. I guess the groom won't be making it to the wedding. So I said, one, two, one, two, let's screw. And at the end, I said, does anybody want to fuck? And I, that's... That's uh, amazing. Yeah. But like, can you imagine that? A, a religious school where these nuns are being like, oh my God, one of our pupils may have family issues that I simply do not know how to deal with. And he's being an asshole. Like, that, like, <laughs> like, you know, when you first told me that story, I thought it was really just that you'd gotten kicked out for writing a dirty parody. Not that it had so much more context about, about your life and your experience. <laughs> well, it's funny. Maybe I was writing it subconsciously about that because at the time I didn't even really think about it. I was just trying to be fucking silly. Oh my goodness. Wow. wow. How long has it been? See, that's why. Wow. Today years old is when you figured it out. <laughs> yeah, right? It all wraps around. Oh. Thanks, guys. That was a therapeutic. <laughs> that, that was a breakthrough, wasn't it? A therapeutic was... reach around. Reach around. Oh. We- <laughs> and we went from catharsis to giving a reach around in less than two seconds. <laughs> let's, let's come to my office. Okay. So n- now we've got the context as to uh, the things that have shaped uh, the life of Frank Zimmel uh, to get to where we're about to go after this break. When we do come back, please stick around. Will Hasty, Frank Zimmel, and this growth coming out of Frank Zimmel's neck, uh, <laughs> Catherine Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> we will, I will never be remembered as that. <laughs> we will return with Lost and Rewound right after this Radio Free Brooklyn. again in the studio with our special guest Frank Semmel, my cohort for this occasion Will Hasty, along yeah. with Catherine Dunn again, who is also here on Radio Free Brooklyn you can listen to Dunn's Son or Art Star Scene Radio every Saturday uh, at I guess uh, 3pm and 7pm respectively Correct. Yeah. and you can oh, yeah. hear all of those archived episodes up on Potomatic dunsun.podomatic.com and artstarscene.podomatic.com I think you can go to facebook.com for artstarscene but if you go to the RFB website you can like find all, all the things for Lost and Rewound you can go to Podomatic at lostandrewound.podomatic.com and we are also on SoundCloud and iTunes and um, Spotify let's talk about Cranapple for a second Frank we yeah. have to address that yes Cranapple how old were this you when Cranapple happened <laughs> Okay. Crane Apple was your metal band. Yes. So I started, uh, because of the uh, song parodies, uh, my grandmother uh, bought me a guitar for my birthday and bought me like a year's worth of guitar lessons. So I started uh, taking those and learning how to play by ear. So eventually, um, because of my friends that I had from North Edison, when I moved, I still kept in contact with them, and mm. we. I was teaching my friend how to play guitar a little bit over the phone. I'm so sorry, but how old were you when you moved? Uh, 11 when I moved. So this is like, I'm like 12 now, okay. and I was teaching him how to play Fade to Black by Metallica. 
Nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and I was pretty good at playing the song up until the lead part. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I was like a rhythm, gu- I'm, I'm a rhythm guitarist. And even back then I wasn't that good at playing the leads. Why weren't you a bassist? Then why weren't you, why weren't you a bassist? A bassist? Yeah. Cause I'm like four foot yeah. nothing. Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even reach the end of the. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you play a ukulele? Bass? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> a ukulele bass. Cause that was popular back, <laughs> back in 2000. <laughs> There's no such it thing as ukulele and metal. I <laughs> 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 can do uke covers, but that's about it. Y'all never. That'll see. that'll be our next group, ukulele metal cover band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you laugh like it's not a great idea. <laughs> no, that, no, no, it's kind of brilliant. <laughs> so, so eventually. Um, I had a friend named Lurch. Uh, his real name uh, is <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, his real name Jason Sika. Rest in peace. So we mm-hmm. met because uh, I'd be jamming out to Green Day, acting like I knew how to play Brainwashed when I thought it was one chord only. And he was like, dude, like, no, that's not right. You're playing it wrong. Uh, and so my uncle had the, <laughs> my uncle had the porn shop. And in that porn shop, he had actually a CD and cassette section. For like audio cassettes. Oh, great. He had like a Prince album and he had a lot of, of random, random stuff. But one C- uh, tape that he had in there was this um, album called World Downfall by a band called Terrorizer. And they were, is a thrash metal band. So I learned to it and it was like, and I was like, you know what? This is all right. So I brought it into school. My friend Jay was like, what is this? terrorizer he's like can i borrow this and he borrowed it i actually got him in the thrash metal before anybody was listening to fucking thrash metal at my oh, age that's great. when was that trend i missed it wait so no 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 well is this trend? can i can i just ask is it, so is this a, is this one of these super esoteric early middle school trends where it's like just within the your friend realm within your particular school because if that's the case frankie you, you were you're telling it. me you're like the metal god of your middle school well not only did i get people in the metal uh at an early age back then but i got people in the icp i did icp at a, oh, at a middle so you were are so- you the reason jersey is fucked <laughs> yeah, oh my god dude I, did we did we uncover a you you were a juggalo Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> Word? so let me then does a juggalo ever so, what's this juggalo trying to say so icp filmed their show at the People's Improv Theater. And I actually got to meet them. And I walked up to Violent J and I told him, like, hey, I did chicken hunting for a talent show and got everybody in my school in the ICP. And he was like, oh, yeah, want to do our show? And I was like, are you really asking me this right now? <laughs> like, what? I'm not even a juggalo anymore. Like, what's going on? That's so I think g- that's fucking awesome. So I gave him I gave him my info and they actually got back to me the next day and they were like, all right, we're filled for right now. Emails for e- now. show me the emails. I have it. It says Rob would I I could show you the, the Why would he lie about this? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like Catherine's right. Like why would anybody why lie about it? Let's do this. Let's It's let's not Justin Bieber. <laughs> while while he, while you look in, on your flip phone. <laughs> That's really nice of you to what call that, that a flip phone. What yeah, it's nice to say that about that. Yeah. Wait, did you Rob, really just fucking find it? It literally says Rob with ICP. Do you mind if I click okay? Do you mind if I look at it? Yeah. Okay, okay. Don't say the numbers. Why? How we uncover this? No, you gotta unlock the keypad. Let's look at this song. Um, this is a song that's done in the studio. Is that or the, uh, the studio uh, around a microphone? Maybe. <laughs> 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 this is one of your studios. <laughs> yeah, this is what, yeah. This is called uh, Crib Death. This is called Crib Death. This is a jam session. Oh, dude, this is like this is your this is your opus. 
this right here is me and my friend uh, Dave. And, <laughs> from Cran- from Cranapple? Uh, this is after Cranapple, oh, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Post-Cranapple Jam Session. I found my pride and joy like face down in the dirt. He was my little boy with everything I'm worth. He'll never learn to walk or learn to ride a bike. Shit, if he was still alive, I'd impale him with a spike. Crib death, nothing's left and I feel fine. 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 Everyone that I know is collecting in this maze I act as though it sucks but really it's okay He'll never come of age and his face is turning blue He'll never see the day and there's nothing that I can do Crip death, nothing's left and I feel fine 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 I really should be dead, or all he was my seed. Fuck that little motherfucker, one mouth of defeat. Crib death, nothing's left and I feel fine. 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 He'll never come of age and face is turning blue He'll never see the day and there's nothing I can do Crib death, nothing's left and I feel fine 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 I believe, yeah. my, I believe my only response to that is yeah! You won't get fooled again uh, I like yeah. that you end everything on a curse Fuck shit uh, That's how you gotta do it yeah. You leave them wanting more I'm curious how the difference between what you were doing here Versus what you were doing with your first band uh, How did your sound as a musician progress? Oh that's a great question Okay so uh, In Carnapple <laughs> 
E-I-E-I-O. Fuck! You went back in time and saw one of my karaoke performances. So good. So much better now that we know the details. One time I won $1,000 and they wouldn't give it to me. Instead, they gave me a Newport Pleasure hat. No lie, this really happened. Uh, <laughs> no money for you to smoke. <laughs> smoke cigarettes. Okay, wait, wait. But let's, but so, let's set the stage. We've so, got... Carnapple... We used to do a lot of like Metallica covers, Overkill covers. The first metal show I ever saw, it was uh, Soulfly and Hatebreed at okay. Virgil, right? That, so that's that's a good one. It was a good one. Yeah, I, I got ki- Roundhouse kicked in the head, got a concussion. It was great. By Chuck and Norris. Yes. <laughs> still alive to tell the tale. So, still alive to tell the tale. Uh, My so son, to I cover- gotta learn how to do your dad's voice. So we okay. covered a lot of like <laughs> new metal. We covered a lot of new metal back when like we covered Sugar, System of a Down. That was really popular yeah. at the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so. We played this battle of the bands doing a lot of covers, and we had one original song. The original song that we did, it was called Mental Warped, and it was a long, droning-out song. We actually, when we played it at the battle of the bands, I think we played it like five or six minutes over time. Oh, it's seen that. This, yeah. is the, this is that piece of tape that we looked at at the last attempted recording, yes. correct? Yes. That's correct. So that is, so, For so, full disclosure, we have this is the second time we're trying to record this episode, and we succeeded this time, obviously. Oh, <laughs> it's a whammer! But last week, we uh, were watching this footage of which, I hate to say, Frank, was really hard to hear. I mean, you could see the visuals so well, but so, it's just that just... So I'll give you some backstory for this It seemed like battle. we really were into but no, it. But right, so, it, it seemed like you guys were actually taking the room you and guys you're were killing it so, yeah. and the crowd was super involved we had a mosh pit going that's amazing that had to get broken no, no, up by no. a high school security and a, guard and a, uh. and a lower high school <laughs> battle of the bands concert yeah. like like creating a mosh pit there like yes one could argue that wouldn't be hard but this is a town where yes it would be fucking hard it's jersey there's jersey they're right now we were the only ones that had a pit crazy enough yeah uh so yeah we we win this battle of the bands and then it's great. We have dinner at Chili's. We won 200 bucks, whatever. Uh, whatever. <laughs> they gave us a hat. We got a, a gift card, and God, we love that shit. So two weeks after we won the Battle of the Bands, they kick out the singer, Jay Lurch, and the drummer, Paul Allman, rest in peace. He's also passed away as well. Mm. Uh, these two would later to go on to pass away within a year and a half of each other from drugs. Mm. Uh, so I took a break from improv for a while. But anyway, that's that's much later on. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you didn't get into improv until much later, and we're still that's in your early teens. That's what I'm saying. The improv part is much later on, but that's when they passed away. Oh, uh, back okay. when like me and okay. Catherine were Bad performing luck. together. Bad luck, yeah. Bad luck. Rising. They kicked both members out for ego reasons. It was just high school it bullshit. It was a move. It was just like nothing. I think they were trying to get rid of you. <laughs> that's why we tried to get you out of the improv team. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, we tell them we broke up. Frank, we've used this tactic on you like ten times, dude. No, everybody's been using <laughs> on it. Tell them we're no more. Uh, tell so, them we broke up. Tell them it's my ego. Yeah. <laughs> we'll start so, a new band. But I'm so, sorry. It sounds like the quintessential high school shitty band reaction of like, now we're. I'm feeling different things. I'm gonna blame it on you. Yeah, I left the group. Thought it was stupid, and then after I left. They had someone replace me that had a shitload of money from getting attacked by a dog, and his doctor broke his pelvis, so he couldn't sit right in the backseat of a car. My friend Mike, he's passed away as well. He got attacked uh, by a dog right, and right. won a lawsuit from getting attacked by a dog that broke his pelvis? What the Wait, fuck? Yes. You're alive. I'm sorry. I think that's the thing we can take away, is that you are alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. right on. Like, thank well, you, yeah. thank you for Wait, existing. So, but... There's a dog lawsuit and a doctor lawsuit. Yep. 
That's a Both. lot of lawsuits. Yeah, that's a lot so of malpractice. Welcome to family. Jersey. So he, he, would, he was a hemophiliac. He would take the band to Sam oh, Ash wow. and be like, just go nuts. Buy whatever you want. Sure. Wow. So they would buy all their gear and they were like, we fucking love this dude. Not to mention the guy could shred like crazy. He was a big Pantera fan. He had like a Cowboys from Hell tattoo. So he got oh, them all yeah. into like really shreddy metal. But you so they got a lot, drugs? They got... <laughs> They went on to do some. They w- they went on to get a lot heavier than when we were together and write some really kick ass. But then you went ahead and did something like what we just heard a little yes. a few moments ago, so, which was like more on the punkish side of things. Yeah. So yeah. I started getting more into alternative stuff and listening, really expanding my my horizons musical wise. And, yeah. because- and that was just a natural progression, right? That wasn't you. It was a natural progression or- because I'm a very deep cut sort of guy. So like I don't necessarily follow the trend i'm usually the one checking out the next thing that's not really known yet i am into more obscure stuff and it just so happens that sometimes that obscure stuff becomes popular after a while i started working at this vitamin warehouse Uh, (laughs) and everybody there was a musician Everybody there was either in a band or like was in a band before. So we had had a member of the Ergs. You ever hear of the band the Ergs? I'm not. They're not together anymore. The drummer was the drummer (laughs) for the Chris Gathard show. Oh, wow. That I was on, yeah, for like a while. And they were like this notorious pop punk band. Uh, We had one of their members, uh, a member of this group called Kohoff was like a hardcore band. We would argue around the radio that got the uh, get played every day. And during this time period, I started listening to like bands like The Replacements, The Flaming Lips. Flaming Lips is like, oh, one of my Lips. favorite groups now. So my style started evolving into a lot more alternative style. And more, yeah. like if I had to say like the peg me, I jump genres a lot because I don't like to stick to one specific thing. But I definitely started playing more of an upbeat. I'd say like open chord, like a lot of upbeat open chords. Tell us why. The song Am I a Loser for Being Lonely is accompanied by an image of Semisonic's greatest fans. <laughs> okay, so... Is Semisonic also in this canon of alternative bands that you got into? So my fr- I love them. Oh, you know what? Me and her were doing uh, karaoke and using Closing Time to finish out. Closing That's fucking great. Time. I just got to say, that song's One amazing. One less call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Uh, so my first girlfriend, Chrissy. <laughs> me and her like the movie 10 things i hate about you fascinating new thing is in that movie what's that so i'm surprised that you've never been told before yes it was the it was the bonding montage anyway so the montage so so i did like a uh i was listening to a lot of semi-sonic at the time uh i was kind of addicted to that movie by the way like very nostalgic about i'm not i'm not gonna lie i've never seen that movie before so the, what what is cool. weirdly <laughs> what is weirdly synchronistic about Semisonic accidentally being the thumbnail for that track is that she was going to do this song with me. Oh, interesting. And, and she was my ex at the time of when we were trying to perform this together and she just couldn't get the vocals down right and she was starting to get frustrated. And at the time, I and was, you guys were also exes, so like yeah. maybe that played a factor. Well, what ended up happening and was maybe that maybe you were like nagging her, <laughs> like maybe you'd get the vocals right. You were such a whore. <laughs> well, let's listen to this track called "Am I a Loser for Being Lonely," and we'll talk about it after uh, we play it. How's that sound? All right. All right. All right.
Long Mall. All right. An epic from our friend Frank Zemo here. Uh, on the, uh, under the artist's name, rather, uh, An Eternity. An Eternity. She wanted... To- That's how long that sound sounded like it was going for. Oh! <laughs> We're still listening to it now. It's, it's playing in your subconscious. <laughs> true, true, I actually true. didn't yes. listen to it. <laughs> so she wanted to call the band Fathomless because it was in an inflamed. Oh, I kind of like that. Quotes. Okay. Like the band that. in flames. There's a there's a there's a, a lyric where they say something in the fathomless. But isn't that kind of a contradiction? Like fathomless would mean there is no depth to it. It is lacking. Well, the reason I, the reason why I didn't Maybe go with the that name was about the relationship. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's what it really was. She was she was speaking from the heart. Nah, she's from uh, Jersey. She didn't know what the word meant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, when I wrote that song. I was working in my uncle's porn shop. I was 20 years old. I had no idea what it was about. None. I was just... Uh, some of my songs that I've written in the past were just to kill time. And that was one of them. That was a that was a time killer. But when I went back and looked at that song after I became a pantheist, you're going to ask, what's a pantheist? What is a pantheist? Okay. Uh, I became a pantheist. I'm very predictable. Uh, if I, I must. Uh, I became a pantheist in 2012. A pantheist is one that believes that we're all one with the universe. All right. We believe in the laws of attraction, manifestations. Sure. Uh, when I went back and looked at this song when I first became a pantheist, I was actually blown away by Am I? Because I was like, wait, mm. this song was talking about the message uh, of, of, uh, that's in the consciousness of knowing that it exists without being able to tangibly see it. I was like... I didn't. Really, I I actually was surprised that I even wrote it. It's all connected, I know, bro. I don't know if you've ever gone back and look at something that you've written and been astounded years, years later to be yes. like, "Wait, this yeah. means something that I had no intention of it meaning, but it could be interpreted this way." And it's absolutely batshit insane. I think that's kind of the point of the show, to be honest with you, because yeah. we're really trying to do this in a way to sort of bring ourselves back full circle to who we were and see how we got from there to here. Yeah. So you produce this song having no idea how much of a very clear reflection it is of what you're actually feeling. And then years later, you're able to actually come back and take a look at it and go, holy shit, I'm a genius. That's a rare experience that very few people really genuinely get to have. It was a really cool experience. Yeah, Yeah. it it was a profound experience. Uh, I wrote a song when I was 13 called Turning Point, a metal song that we never did with Carnapple, but we did do a session. Sorry, I couldn't get it to you. It got recorded over by my friend. He recorded over it. I got so mad at him because it was our best session like ever. I had a session drummer. But the song was written about nothing was a time killer in study hall. Turned out I read it years later and it was like such a huge metaphor for drug use, for drug abuse. (laughs) Uh, But anyway... um, Later on, I would a lot of my style now that I'll tell you that it's transgressed into is improvising. My improv uh, training has gone into my music now, where I like jamming out songs, hard rock songs, and, yeah. and doing them in the moment, and then tweaking them afterwards. I'm with you on that, man. Yeah. Musical improv is how uh, I am getting. In, I've even gotten into hip hop improv yeah. just for what it may be worth. Yeah. Musical improv, you can just making songs yeah. off the spot with someone who has musical proficiency, and you can just figure out the lyrics. Yeah. It's amazing. And now I do musical comedy. Also, I've kind of gone full circle doing the parodies again, doing stand up, where I am known to do a few rap parodies. 
Like oh. I, I parody Straight Outta Compton doing a song called Straight Outta Improv. You could go to a Gathering of the Juggalos with all of these spoof songs. Yeah, sure. yeah. Please, and, please tell me where all these things are. Yeah, right. you could you could find Straight Outta Improv on YouTube. It's up there at the Creek in the Cave, live from the Creek in the no, Cave. No, dude, not to not to hop on this bandwagon, but literally when I like stopped yeah. using when I was when I was at Make the realest point of my life, the XYZ Jam, um, the musical improv jam at UCB East was what like got me out. It literally was like what pulled me out of my shell and got me into wanting to perform again. Yeah, I've cured my drug habit because <laughs> <laughs> it took all my money. Uh, we're gonna close out with a track that uh, you wrote uh, for your late aunt yeah. called Ten Fifty One. You have a show coming up, is that correct, or do you you perform every week? Yeah, yeah, we we perform every week at the Triple Crown. Uh, we have we, sh- you, me being uh, me and Will. Will and I Thursdays nine thirty. Uh, come check us out. We are always in your face. Always. Eh? Always. It's not true. <laughs> and people can find you up on Twitter. Uh, uh, yeah, you can look me up at FrankieZ underscore 85 on Twitter. Yeah. Right. And my esoteric posts on Facebook. And you can see all of Frank's improv work at Catch 22.0 Improv Team or the Shut Up Will Improv Team pages on Facebook. They exist. They actually do. Catherine is every other Sunday at Satanic Bingo, Bizarre Bushwick, 7 p.m. We are taking off September 2nd, but do come on the 16th. Or Memorial Day weekend is. is a weekend for no satanic bingo. Mr. Frank Zemmel, thank you very much Thanks for being here. Thanks for having here. me, man. It's been great. Will Hasty, thank you. Anytime. And thank you, Catherine Dunn, for being here as well. It could have been a little less pussy. <laughs> You're all a bunch of pussies. Oh! But I'm well done! Lost and Rewound. <laughs> Radio for Brooklyn. Yeah! This is precisely what's going to happen. It's my twin sister. <laughs> <laughs> it's popping up. <laughs> Say so, hey to Ernie. Hi, I'm, I'm Catherine. <laughs>